Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. Today we're wrapping up our message series we've been sharing with you this month called The Devil's in the Details. I'm sure you're familiar with that cliche. When someone says that, when someone says the devil's in the details, what they're simply saying is sometimes it's the details of a matter that are the most problematic. You don't know what you don't know. And that's really what empowers our enemy, Satan, who Jesus warned us wants to steal from us and to kill and to destroy us. What empowers him is our lack of knowledge. God said in the book of Hosea, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And so it's so important that we really wrap our minds around, our hearts around the details the Bible includes about this enemy so that we won't be defeated by him, but on on the contrary, we will, we will end up defeating him, not by might or power, but by the Spirit of the Lord working through us, see? So we want to continue along those thoughts today. Uh, years ago, I was working at a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, a, a great church uh, called Church on the Move, pastored by uh, just a, a great man of God, Willie George. I'd only been there for a few weeks uh, when Pastor Willie stopped by my office uh, one day, knowing I was from Louisiana, Pastor Willie said, hey man, I want to take you to a great Cajun restaurant here in Tulsa. I, I should have known right then and there that I was in for problems, but I said, sure, let's go. We got to this restaurant. It was very nice, and it was kind of a gourmet take on Cajun cuisine. So I ordered from the menu. Uh, I, I got my order out uh, to the table. They got it out to the table, and I began to eat and uh, I mean, within just a few bites, all of a sudden, man, I started sweating and my, the palms of my hands began to itch. And all of a sudden, I felt my throat closing up and I thought I was going to die. I was turning red in the face. Pastor Willie could see that there was a problem. One thing I love about Pastor Willie George is he's a man of faith and he don't care who knows it, right? And he stood up right there in that restaurant, put his hand on my head and started praying the prayer of faith, rebuking that devil, speaking in tongues right there in that restaurant. I mean, within a matter of seconds, all those symptoms left. And I was healed, and I'm okay, thank God. But I found out that day that I'm allergic to capers. So there's a seasoning that I'd never had before. And I, I, I've never had any food allergies uh, up until that point. But when I inquired uh, with the chef, that's the only thing we could come up with that, that, that he had in this dish that I wasn't familiar with was this seasoning called capers. And so now since that time, I've got to be very careful when we're dining at a restaurant that we're unfamiliar with. I'll always ask the chef, hey, is there any capers in this dish that I'm thinking about trying? Just a few weeks ago, Don and I uh, had gone out to a restaurant uh, and we sat down, we ordered a dish. As soon as it hit the table, Donna grabbed my hand and she said, Jeff, there's capers in there. She saved my life. Praise God. Um, so it was that day that I, again, uh, realized that I had this food allergy. So uh, here's the thought that I have for you today. Ingredients matter. Would you just say that with me, everybody? Just say, ingredients matter. See, the devil's in the details. 
There's a powerful story in the book of 2 Kings that I want to read to you today from 2 Kings chapter 4, and I want to read starting in verse 38 through verse 41. The Bible said, Elisha returned to Gilgal, and there was a famine in that region. And while the company of the prophets were meeting with him, Elisha said to his servant, put on the large pot and cook some stew for these men. So Elisha probably was a Cajun. But anyway, verse 39 says, one of them went out into the fields to gather herbs and found a wild vine. And he gathered some of his gourds and filled the foal of his cloak with these gourds. And when he returned, he cut those gourds up and put them into the pot of stew, though no one knew what they were. Did you notice that last line? (laughs) Though no one knew what they were. The stew was poured out for the men, but as they began to eat it, they cried out, oh man of God, there's death in the pot. And they could not eat it. And Elisha said, get some flour. And he put it into the pot, put the flour into the pot and said, serve it to the people to eat. And there was nothing harmful in the pot. Fascinating, fascinating story. Wouldn't you say? Just a fascinating story. And, and by the way, I love the Old Testament book of First and Second Kings. They're, they're filled with stories like this that have incredible spiritual insight for us today. So I encourage you, man, uh, go to your Old Testament this week. Start pulling out some of these incredible stories from First and Second Kings. But I want to show you some things that I see in this story because here's what, here's what I believe. There are, are amazing similarities between our spiritual and our natural life. If you know what the Bible teaches, you know that all of us have a spirit, or we are a spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body. And so we have, each of us have a, a spirit. There is an eternal component of our existence. Your, your body, the person I see, isn't gonna live forever, but the real you on the inside is gonna live forever. And there are a lot of similarities between that spirit person inside you and the person that you are in the natural. A lot of similarities. For instance, the Bible said that spirit person on the inside of you has eyes to see, has ears to hear. The Bible even says you can taste and see that the Lord is good. So the spiritual person that you are, again, can taste, can see, can hear. There's so many similarities between our natural existence and our spiritual existence, including one of them, one of those similarities is the necessity of being fed. You cannot survive if you don't eat. If you don't eat, you will not survive. Now that's true in the natural, and it's also true spiritually. You have to eat in order to survive spiritually, in order to to grow strong spiritually. Your spirit has to be fed. And, And Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So it's God's word that feeds us. That's why we're constantly encouraging you to look to the word of God, to get a Bible and begin to read it because we feed ourselves spiritually. We nourish ourselves spiritually by looking to the word of God. And it's so important to recognize that. But it's also so important that we recognize that it's not just enough in the natural to eat. You got to eat the right stuff. If you're constantly feeding on sugars, if you're constantly feeding yourself 
on highly processed food, you're going to live, but you're not going to live well. And you're not going to live long. Come on, can we get honest today? If all you ever eat is crackling, Enjoy the time you're here because you won't be around long. It's just so true that it's not enough just to eat. You got to eat the right things. And where that's true in the natural, it's also very true on spiritual terms. You can't just feed your spirit. You got to feed your spirit the right stuff. And I'm afraid that there are far too many malnourished Christians. People that are living a, a, a spiritually malnourished existence because we're simply not feeding ourselves the right things. We are constantly feeding ourselves spiritual junk food. And maybe you're here today or you're joining us online and you would say, well, Jeff, what do you mean by that? What do you mean spiritual junk food? I'm so glad you asked me that. I wanted to have a little dialogue with you about it today. What do I mean by spiritual junk food? Well, again, Jesus said you won't Live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we know to study the Bible is one of the ways that we feed ourselves. But I want you to think about those folks that the only time they study the Bible is when they're trying to prove somebody wrong on Facebook. They're trying to win some kind of argument and show uh, everybody how much they know and how right they are and how wrong everybody else is. If that's the only time you feed yourself from the word of God, that's spiritual junk food, y'all. What about the fellowship that you have with other believers? And by the way, that is one of the ways that we edify ourselves. It's one of the ways we feed our spirit is by hanging out with other strong believers in Christ. We feed off of each other. Aren't you thankful for the family of God? But what if the only time you fellowship with other Christians is for the opportunity to run down other Christians? And y'all are all just ca catching each other up on the latest gossip about this one and that one. That's spiritual junk food. That's not going to make you strong. That's going to make you weak. What about prayer? We know prayer is something that feeds our spirit. When we have that interaction with God, that time of prayer, again, it, it builds us. It nourishes us. It strengthens us. But what if the only time you pray is the time you pray against the will of God? You're asking God to do things he has clearly said are not his will for you. Not only are you wasting your time, again, you're feeding yourself spiritual junk food that's going to lead to a very spiritually unhealthy existence. Y'all don't maybe come down there and amen myself. That's the truth of it all. When it comes to feeding your spirit, the ingredients matter. The devil is in the details. And here's what I want you to see. I, I, I've turned your attention now to 2 Kings chapter 4, this remarkable story of Elisha and the school of the prophets, this guy that brings these gourds into the, to the meal. Here's what I want you to see. I want you to see that if we're not careful, Satan wants to use the very serving line intended to feed you to poison you. I'm going to say that one more time. Satan will use the very feeding line that was intended to nourish you, to poison you, to make you sick, to make you weak. Think about 
all the folks today that are constantly listening to podcasts, and I'm not condemning that. I, I enjoy podcasts myself. I subscribe to a number of strong leadership podcasts, and they're very helpful to me. But you got so many people out there listening to folks. We have no idea who these people are, and we're listening to this quote-unquote biblical teaching from people we've never vetted. We don't know what they believe. We don't know what they stand for. We don't know what kind of life they're leading, and yet we're allowing them to speak into our lives. We're allowing them to feed us, quote unquote, spiritually, when the truth is, we don't even know those folks. How about the people that we surround ourselves with constantly, maybe day to day, week to week, month to month, that are always critical and always negative? I'm talking about people that are toxic, and we're just feeding ourselves on that kind of fellowship. Can I, can I just say, show me your friends, I'll show you your future, if you hang around toxic people long enough, you're gonna to be toxic yourself. You're gonna find yourself negative. You're gonna find yourself critical of everything and everybody. We've got to be mindful about what we're taking in. We've gotta be mindful about what we're feeding ourselves on. Again, Satan wants to use the very serving lines, church and small groups and podcasts and you name it, uh, literature. He wants to use a very serving line intended to nourish you to actually poison you if you aren't really discerning and mindful about what it is that you're taking in. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 12 warns us, we beg you brothers, know those that are laboring among you. Know those that you're listening to as they teach. Know those that are writing these books that you're reading. Know those, right? Know those that are influencing you. The apostle warns us to Really be careful about what we're feeding ourselves with. So I want to take a few moments today and kind of unpack 2 Kings chapter 4 with you. And I want to take a look at how the devil poisons the porridge. Can we do that today? Can we just take a few minutes and look at how the devil poisons the porridge? Number one, he does it by making us dependent on someone else to feed us. Many of you were raised in a traditional religious setting where the leader of that traditional religion told you, don't read your Bible. It's only going to confuse you. You're not going to understand it. I'll tell you everything you need to know. And you know why he was encouraging not to read your Bible? is because there was stuff in the Bible he didn't want you to know. And he was teaching you things that aren't in the Bible at all. Can, can I just say to you, as the leader of Crossroads Church, Read your Bible. Find out for yourself what the Word of God says, what the Word of God teaches. And, and hey, let me, let, me just, let me just take it a step further. If you hear anything coming from this podium that can't be substantiated in the Word of God, you need to throw it out and find yourself a new church to go to. I'm telling you right now, it's the Word of God that feeds our spirit. And listen, you don't need somebody to spoon feed you. You don't need somebody to spoon feed you. I'm not telling you that good Bible teaching isn't important. I'm not saying that at all. Certainly we're supposed to be in a good Bible teaching church. We need pastors. We need teachers. We need those things. God says those things are important for us all. He said, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. These kind of meetings are, are, are wonderful and they're necessary. But let me just say, if the only time you feed 
from the word of God is my sermon on Sunday morning, you're not going to get very strong spiritually. You're not going to grow like God intends for you to grow. And so the way the devil poisons the porridge is by making us dependent on somebody else to feed us. Listen, God expects us to learn to feed ourselves spiritually. This is the same God, do you remember, that would not let the Israelites eat yesterday's manna. Do you recall the story of the Exodus and the children of Israel were there in that wilderness scenario and God fed them miraculously day after day after day with manna that fell from heaven. But they weren't allowed to take yesterday's manna into a new day and eat it. In fact, if they tried to, it would be filled with maggots. Why? Because God wanted them coming to him daily for fresh bread. Can I tell you, nothing's changed. God still wants you coming to him daily for fresh bread, and he will feed you. He will speak to you through the word of God. He will strengthen your spirit and nurture your spirit. If you just pull up to the table, God wants to feed you. This is the same God who taught us to pray like this. Give us this day our daily bread. We're not depending on what we had to eat yesterday. Come on, y'all. But we're pulling up to the table to get fresh bread today. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 27 said, as for you, somebody say, as for me. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Again, he's not downplaying the importance of Bible teachers and pastors. All of that has its place. But he says, listen, I'll teach you myself. If you'll pull up to the table, I'll feed you myself. You can read God's word, understand it, apply it, grow from it, get stronger by it. Can I get a better amen? Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 tells every believer, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. God wants every one of us taking intentionality to rightly divide the word of truth, to take God's word and to apply. So here's my appeal to you today. Prayerfully read scripture every day. Make an appointment with God where you give yourself half an hour or so to sit down and open up the Bible and read the Bible, study the Bible, prayerfully read the scriptures. Then I want to encourage you to compare scripture with scripture. Do you recall in in Matthew chapter 4, by the way, that's where I quoted from earlier when Jesus said, uh, we don't uh, live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That statement came up in a conversation between Jesus and this devil that wants to tempt you and wants to try you, wants to destroy you. Jesus is being tempted by the devil in the wilderness there in Matthew chapter 4. And the devil pulls out a scripture to use against Jesus. The devil quotes the Bible, y'all. But how was Jesus able to overcome that? He, He was able to overcome it because he knew what the whole counsel of Scripture said. He was able to counter that ploy of the enemy by refuting the misapplication Satan was trying to make of Scripture 
and give the true application of scripture that was necessary for that temptation moment that he was in. We need to be able to do the same. And so we've got to study scripture by the scripture. Isaiah puts it this way. It's line upon line, precept upon precept. The Bible builds upon itself the things that we need to believe and the things we need to apply and the things that we need to practice. So prayerfully read scripture daily, compare scripture with scripture, and then apply what you learn. We're looking at how the devil poisons the porridge. He starts, number one, by making us dependent on someone else to feed us. And then secondly, he, he succeeds in poisoning the porridge by providing us with wild gourds. Did y'all hear the story? Nobody there even knew what those gourds were, and yet they brought them right up in the kitchen. Before we're too quick to criticize these folks in the Bible, what you got in your kitchen? What have you got in your pantry? What has the devil put before you lately that you were willing to just slice up and put right in there in the mix with everything else? And you didn't even know what it was. You didn't even know how it was going to affect you. You didn't even know what effect it was going to have on your family. I'm telling you, he succeeds in poisoning the porridge by providing us with these wild gourds. They were mixed right in there with the other ingredients. You know what this is like for us today spiritually? It's like, oh yeah, I'm going to read the Bible. Yeah, I'm going to do a little praying, and then I'm going to look at a little porn on a computer. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to a small group. Yeah, I'm going to share my faith with someone, and then I'm going to gossip about everybody in the neighborhood. You're just mixing the stuff right there all up in the soup. Can I ask you one more time? What you got in your kitchen? What's in your pantry today? The enemy wants to provide you with all these wild gourds, and boy, we just cut them up, and we just throw them in. First John chapter 4 and verse 1 said, Dear friends, don't believe every spirit. Test the spirit to see whether or not it's from God. Listen, you can't just feed on anything and everything. I've been so appalled as I've watched this kind of nationwide pushback against these measures the governor of Florida has taken over the last couple of weeks to protect children in Florida. And listen, what he's done is just common sense. What he's basically said is, listen, children before the third grade don't need to be taught sex education. They're not, they're not mature and ready to handle any kind of information like that. It's just common sense. And then he said, when we do introduce sex education into the classroom, parents ought to know what we're teaching them. Again, that's just common sense. Can I, hang on a second. Can I tell you, everybody pushing against that wants to bring some wild gourds up into your child's kitchen. They just want to chop up some things your child has no business hearing or thinking or believing and just put it before them so that They can lead those children astray. Come on, parents. We got to be mindful about what our family is feeding on. What are we taking in as a family? What are we taking in as individuals? Try every spirit to see if it's from God. How does the devil succeed in poisoning our porridge? Well, number one, he makes us dependent on others to, to feed us. And then number two, he provides us with wild gourds. And then number three, he puts death in the pot. 
And I got to be honest with you. There's some folks right here today. There's death in the pot right now. There's some folks joining us online and you got death in the pot. What does that look like, Jeff? Looks like unforgiveness. It's death in the pot. It looks like bitterness, greed, lust, malice, racism, hate, distrust, unbelief. We slice it all up. We put it in the pot and it poisons us. It poisons us. The enemy succeeds in poisoning the porridge by putting death in the pot. And that's why the Bible in all of its wisdom in Proverbs 4 verse 23 said above all else. Think about that for just a second. The Bible has a lot to say. But Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23 said above all else, guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life. Now, let me ask you a question. You don't have to answer me yes or no today, but in your own heart, please answer this question. Are you guarding your heart? Are you guarding your heart and what comes into your heart? We've got to, we've got to begin to safeguard our life. We've got to put safety measures in place. We've got to put security measures in place. Again, you see the parallel between the natural and the spiritual. We've got to put some parameters in place that are going to ensure that our spiritual well-being is, is secure. We've got to put those measures in place. We've got to put boundaries in place. There's so many folks, man, allowing the well to get tainted just by what people you're giving access to your life to pour into your well day in and day out. It, it's got to stop. God said, above all else, above all else, guard your heart. Out of it comes the well springs of life. You gotta find yourself an accountability partner. You gotta find someone who loves you enough to ask you the, the hard questions. And can I just say this? Y'all, are y'all still with me so far? I'm almost done. Can I just say this? If you got somebody in your life that you think of as a friend and they never ask you the difficult questions, they ain't your friend. They're not a real friend to you. Give me a friend that cares enough to ask me, hey, Jeff, how you doing? How's your marriage? How's your prayer life? How much Bible are you reading? Come on, y'all. What are you looking at on the internet? Come on, y'all. Give me a friend that loves me enough to inquire. These are the measures we're going to put in place to safeguard the wellsprings of our very existence. I got one more thing to show you from 2 Kings chapter 4. Man, I love this story. What a, a remarkable story. The last thing that I want to show you today is that the solution was found in the basics. Elisha said, I can take care of this. Give me some flour. I'm going to make a roux. <laughs> he took flour and put it in that poison pot. And it took the poison out. I came to church today to tell us we need to get back to the basics. One of the reasons Pastor Brody Lantier and I have worked very diligently to get a, a genuine spiritual growth track in place at our church to help people grow spiritually is because we know we got to get back to the basics. It starts with something we call fundamentals. Pastor Bud Plake has been very helpful in 
putting this uh, in place. We've got some amazing people that are leading these groups today. And, and, and they're there to just help you, again, with the fundamentals, with the, with the basics of the Christian faith. Here's what we believe. Here's why we believe it. The whole world is pushing back on what we believe as Christians today. And we need to be able to show them that there's rationale in what we believe and why we believe it. And fundamentals will help you with that. Foundations is to help you get a strong foundation under you spiritually through some spiritual disciplines. And so, man, we just had 25 people go through uh, foundations this past semester. They, they learned to pray. They learned to study their Bible. They learned to share their faith. They learned to appreciate um, Christian community, all those things that are those core spiritual disciplines. And then we lead you right into the third phase of our growth track, which is freedom. We want to take all those things attached to you that were a part of your life before Christ, and we want to be able to get you past all of that into the life of freedom that God wants every one of us to enjoy. All of these things we've put in place are simply measures to get back to basics to get a roux and put it in the poison porridge that you know so that God can pull all of that impurity out of you and really fill you with goodness and strength. Here's what Jesus said to a backslidden church in Revelation chapter two, verse four and five. Jesus says, I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I'll come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. What's Jesus saying here? He's saying, get back to the basics. Get back to the Bible. Get back to prayer. Get back to good, wholesome Christian fellowship. Get back to a holy lifestyle that doesn't just embrace anything and everything, but is selective in what we do with our lives. Get back to the basics. It was in 1959 that a 45-year-old Vince Lombardi was hired for the first time to coach a professional football team. The Green Bay Packers the year before, had two wins. It was a dismal time in the franchise history. So they hire this young upstart who goes on to be the legend that we know today. He goes on to be one of the greatest that have ever coached the game. But his very first meeting, very first meeting with all of his personnel, all of his coaches, all of his players, his very first meeting in 59, People were wondering, what are you going to tell a team that only had two wins last year? Lombardi comes in with a bag, gets everybody's attention, reaches down in the bag and pulls out a football. And he says, gentlemen, this is a football. <laughs> Lombardi was letting everybody know, we're getting back to the basics. Come on, y'all. We're getting down to the brass tacks. We're coming back to where it all starts. And I came to church today to tell you, Christian, this is a Bible. This is the Word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. That's a book for me. I stand upon the Word of God. This particular Bible was the first Bible I had after I became a follower of Jesus. Someone gave me this Bible. It's an annotated Bible. It's full of commentary, good 
good commentary. And if I were to hand you this Bible, it's very delicate. Pages are falling out of it. There's marks on every page. I'm telling you, I devoured this thing for a year and a half when I first got saved. And now I keep it. I keep it right up next to my desk so that every day it serves as a reminder that I've got to daily go get my manna. I've got to daily go get that fresh bread that Jesus has for me today because he wants to keep me strong. Come on, he wants to keep me thriving. He, he wants to keep me growing in the Lord and in the power of his might because ingredients matter and the devil's in the details. Hey everyone, this is Pastor Jeff Abels and I just wanted to take a minute to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Maybe the Holy Spirit has been dealing with your heart as you've listened to this message and you feel like you just need to get right with God. If you have no real assurance that you are right with God, if you cannot honestly say you've been living for God and you know that needs to change, I wanna invite you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior right now. You know, the Bible tells us that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means God loves you and God's ready to save you. He's just waiting on you to call on Him. Why don't you call on Him right now by praying a very simple prayer with me. I want you to repeat the words of this prayer after me. Let those words come right from your heart. Let's pray. Dear God, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from God. And I don't want that. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again. Through faith in Jesus, I believe my life can change. So I ask you, Jesus, Come into my heart, forgive all my sin, and change my life. Be Lord of my life from this day forward. I don't live for me anymore or this world. God, I want to live for you. Help me to do that. And I thank you right now, even as I pray, according to your promise, my sin is all forgiven. I'm now right with God. I am saved. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer with me, we would really love to know about it. We'd love to give you some next steps to get you started on your brand new journey of faith. What I'd love for you to do is just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. And someone will connect with you to provide you with some resources that I think will help you greatly. Again, just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast today and God richly bless you is our prayer for you.